Go ahead and open up your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel, Samuel chapter 14. Again, thank you all so much for allowing us to come and present our burden and try and be a blessing. It's, a, it's such a blessing to get to travel around the country, and we have not done deputation for quite a year yet, but uh, it'll be a year at the end of this month, and God's been so good to us just to uh, allow us to travel all over and see him working. It, it's so cool. And it's, it's incredible to, to get a little bit of a, a slice of the fact that God's work is so much bigger than your little small bubble of it or small, your small world. That's an encouraging thing to know. So, uh, this, this passage is, is, has become a, a, a theme for, for my, my family and I, my wife and I specifically. As we started to gear up for our survey trip at the beginning of 2019, um, there was a, a night specifically that we put the girls to bed and we were hashing out some of the details of our survey trip, looking at plane fare things of that nature, and we got to talking about where we'd been in our devotions, and we didn't know it, but we'd both been in the same general part of the scriptures, and kind of one character specifically really had stood out to us, and then we realized that even one specific passage or uh, Bible story had stood out to us, and really God had impressed on our hearts, and after we talked through it and realized that God had really been working the same thing in both our hearts, um, it made it even more meaningful, and that's kind of become a a theme for us through deputation so far, and even as we're preparing to go to the field for the first time long term. And, and it's, it's this story from 1 Samuel 14. I, I love it. I'm so appreciative of it. And uh, let's, let's begin our reading in, in verse number one of chapter 14. It says there, Now it came to pass upon a day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said unto the young man that bare his armor, Come, and let us go unto, unto the, over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he told not his father. And Saul tarried in the uttermost part of Gibeah, under a pomegranate tree, which is in Migron. And the people that were with him were about 600 men. And then there's a series of names that I'm not even going to try to pronounce. Um, but Ahiah and Ahiatub. And it describes where, where Saul is and where the children of Israel right now is. They're really on their back heels in, in the middle of a battle with the Philistines. Um, they're, they're warring pretty constantly with the tribe of the Philistines, the children of Israel. And in this specific time frame, they were really um, getting dominated by the Philistine army. Uh, it did not look very bright or very good for where the children of Israel were. If we were to go back to chapter 13, it talks about how they really weren't even armed very well at all. Saul and Jonathan were the only two people with real weapons. They were, they were sharpening farming utensils to go out and fight, and a lot of the Israelites had just forsaken, and they were in hiding. So they were just really on their back heels. They were in a bad way. Things, things did not look good at all for them. So they were in this desperate place, and, and as they're there, Jonathan decides that, that he and his armor bearer are going to go up to this garrison of the Philistines, and it was located in, in such a way where there was a, a, a it was in an elevated place. There was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And it was in this really well-fortified position. Um, the garrison, we read later, has about 20 men in it. And it's strategically located. And garrisons, they were, they were equipped so that a, a small group of people could hold off a really a much larger, a much larger group of people. So, so Jonathan turns to his armor bearer, as it said in verse 1, and says, And now it came to pass on a day. He said, Let's go over to this, this garrison of the Philistines. And we'll read a little bit more about his attitude. But let's, let's pick up our reading. In, in verse number five, it describes the garrison. It says, The forefront of the one was situate northward over against Michmash, and the other southward over against Gibeah. And, and verse six, and what Jonathan says here, is, is really the verse we're, we're going to spend most of our time in. It says, And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord. To save by many 
or by few. When he said, I love his attitude. It's not cocky. It's not arrogant. Jonathan was a warrior. Um, if you read over all his life, he was a fighter. But Jonathan wasn't cocky and arrogant. He didn't tell his armor bearer, we're going to go up there and just whoop up on some Philistines. But, but what he says at the end of verse 6 there is, is, it may be that the Lord will work for us. He says, for there is no restraint to the Lord. What, the idea there is that God isn't limited. He's not, he's not hamstrung. He's, there's nothing holding God back from doing something incredible. So, so he, he, with that in mind, knowing that, you know, God can do something incredible, whether, whether regardless of the circumstances. And then he, he, he says this in, in verse 7, And his armor bearer said unto him, Do all that is in thine heart. His armor bearer was right there with him. I love it. He says, Turn thee. Behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. Then said Jonathan, Behold, we will pass over unto these men, and we will discover ourselves unto them. So really his plan is this. So we're going to go to this garrison, and we're just going to let them know that we're there. We're going to re- reveal ourselves to them. He says, and in verse 9, if they say unto us, tarry until we come to you, then we will stand in our place and will not go up unto them. But if they say thus, come up unto us, then we will go up. For the Lord hath delivered them into our hand, and this shall be a sign unto us. And both of them discovered themselves unto the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, behold, the Hebrews come forth out of the holes where they have hid themselves. It's, it's kind of humorous. Basically, they're like, oh, look, they're finally climbing out of their holes. They're just popping up out of the ground like gophers. They're, they're making fun of them. And, and, and then they say in, in, in verse 12 there, and, and the men of the garrison answered Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, come up to us and we will show you a thing. And Jonathan said unto his armor bearer, come up after me, for the Lord hath delivered them into the hand of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up upon his hands and upon his feet and his armor bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer slew after him. And that first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men within, as it were, a half acre of land, which, is, which a yoke of oxen might plow. And it, and it goes on. For sake of time, we won't read it all. But this was really a turning point in the battle. And God does something absolutely incredible. Where, whereas even though Israel was such in a dire and desperate place, and it looked like there was no chance, humanly speaking, of them having victory, God just brings this incredible victory through, through this, this move that Jonathan makes. And most of our attention for this evening is just going to be focused on his attitude and, and how he responds to the fact that, that there's no restraint with God. And I think we can, we can each individually find, find comfort and, and, find, and, and, and have great faith because we serve the same God that Jonathan did. Um, before I go any further, though, let's, let's pray and then we'll get right into it. D- dear Lord, would you please be with these next few minutes together? Would you... Lord, be glorified as we consider your word together and how it applies to our hearts and lives. Help us to be challenged by it and encouraged by it. And even as, as in a lot of ways, Lord, as we look around at, at our culture and at the world as a Christian, Lord, sometimes it can feel like we're, we're on our back heels and we're getting backed into a corner, much like Israel, but, but just like Jonathan realized, dear Lord, Lord, regardless of our circumstances or the state of our nation or our city or even more personally, the state of our family or our workplace, Lord, that there's no restraint with you. Lord, and, and I ask that we would, we would respond to these situations in faith like Jonathan did. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, so, so Jonathan and, and, the, and the army of Israel, they're in a bad, they're in a bad way, as I said at the beginning. And Saul and the, the 600 men that aren't, that aren't hiding are under this pomegranate tree. And, and Jonathan doesn't tell his father this, this plan that he comes up with. But, but once again, it's not, a, it's not a cocky and arrogant plan. I, I love so much and what stood out to my wife and I as, as we read it separately. And, and the more I read it, the more I love it, is he, 
he, he didn't come up with, with, this, with this grand plan wherein he was just going to single-handedly smite the Philistine army. He, he had one garrison in mind that, 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 that God had put in his focus, and he, he, told, his, he told his armor bearer in verse 6, let's go up, let's go up to that garrison and, and let's see if God will do something great with us. He didn't say, oh, me and you, me and you, armor bearer, we're going to do something great for God. He said, no, God is, in, God is incredible. There's no restraint with God. He, it doesn't take a lot of men. It doesn't take, he can do great things with a lot of men or just a few. So he said, let's go up and, and let's see if God will do something great with us. And they, and they get to the garrison and, 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 and really Jonathan just takes a step of obedience. He, he steps out in faith. But he doesn't try to just single-handedly smite, once again, the Philistine army. He goes to this garrison. And even once he gets there, his plan isn't, well, do you know what? God's incredible, so therefore I'm going to do this. That wasn't his attitude. It was God's incredible, so let's see what he wants to do with us. So they get to this garrison, and his plan is, he said, we're going to show them that we're there. And, and, and it, that's step one of the plan. That was the first step of obedience, we could say. And then he says, once we get there and we discover ourselves to them and they see us, he said, if, if they say, tarry there, then, then we're going to wait, and that's going to be the, that's going we're going to take that as God's way of saying you just stay where you are and let them come to you. He said, but if they say come up unto us, then then we'll take it that God's basically opening up a door for us, and He wants to do something incredible in this situation, and that's exactly what they do. And and the Philistines have every reason to be confident, as as we read about. Jonathan and his armor bearers assault on this garrison. It doesn't make a lot of strategic sense. They're literally climbing on their hands and knees up this sharp rock. If the Philistines had wanted to, they could have just clonked them on the head as they were getting up there. But they're cocky and they're arrogant. And, and God's in this so that when they get up there, they just God does something incredible because there is no restraint with him. And this, this serves as, as a time in Israel's history where, where, where they were really on their back heels. But God does something incredible with them because of, because of Jonathan and, and his armor bearer's attitude there. And, and, and I think as, as in, in the world that we live in with a pandemic and, and riots and all the, all the craziness in the world. And as, as the culture in large sometimes seems like it's turning on Christianity and, and they're, they're limiting attendance and worship and capacity and all this stuff. And, and the culture, as it said in the book of Isaiah, what, what used to be good, the culture is now calling evil. And what used to be evil is now being called good. And, 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 and in, in a lot of ways, it can feel like as Christians, as believers, that we're on our back heels and we're getting backed into a corner. And, and there's not a lot of hope. And the circumstances are, are, are dismal. And, 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 and the world and, and, and Satan is having his way. But, but like Jonathan said, as desperate as their state was, he realized this, that there is no restraint with God. God, God isn't limited by, by what's going on in the world today. He, he's able to do incredible things with, with just a few or with many. There, there, there isn't anything stopping God from doing something incredible. But that, that doesn't mean that, that all of the problems of the world are just instantly going to go away. But as believers, we can, we, can, we can move forward in faith even in difficult, even in, in, in seemingly desperate times because of the reality that, that Jonathan and his armor bearer here really clung to. And it's this, that there's no restraint with the Lord. He, he isn't limited by our circumstances. And he'll be on their nation in, in our own lives. Whether it be as we, as we, as we face difficulties of, of a more personal nature, health issues or, or, or job issues, or if we have family issues, or, or we, we don't know how on earth God can use us to reach our neighbors or a certain person at work. You know, regardless of how desperate the circumstances may seem, regardless of how, how much the odds are stacked against us, it would seem, humanly speaking, regardless of whether or not that person or, or that relationship, it, it seems like that there's any hope of, of God working like Jonathan said, there's no restraint with God. 
God, God can do, and he wants to do incredible things with us. But what, what, what's required of us is really what was required of, of Jonathan and his armor bearer. God, God, didn't, God didn't use Jonathan and his armor bearer because Jonathan was, was an incredibly skilled warrior. Like, yes, yes, he was a skilled warrior, but that's, that's not the capacity that God used him. And God used Jonathan and his armor bearer because they had faith in him and because they were just willing to step out in faith and in obedience to him. And, and, they, and they, it, once again, God didn't, God didn't call, call them to, to take on the Philistine army single-handedly. God hasn't called you to, to go out and, and, and just change the state of our nation on your own. But there's more than likely a, a garrison of some sort in your life. There, there's, there's an area of your life, whether it be a relationship, that, 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 that isn't what it's supposed to be. Or whether it may be, maybe it's faithfully attending church here and, and, and being, more, being more involved. Maybe, maybe it's, it's, it's pursuing a more personal walk with God. But, you know, there, there's, there's a garrison. God hasn't called you to, to change the state of our nation. But, but there's more than likely an area of your life that God wants to work in. And it can seem desperate. You might say, I don't know how I can ever commit to, to coming to church all of the time. I don't know how I can commit to reading my Bible, Bible on a daily basis. I don't know how I can commit to, to just to being sold out for him like I see our pastor or so-and-so be. But you know what? There's no restraint with God. He, he, he wants to. He can do incredible things with you. And you, you might not see how exactly he's going exactly to do something incredible, but all he asks us to do is to step out in faith and obey and take that first step and to go to that garrison like Jonathan did and, and to say, no, we're, we're going to get their armor bearer. And he, like I said, he didn't just rush headlong and just foolheartedly attack the garrison by himself. He said, we're going to get there and we're going to discover ourselves. And then we're going to see how God wants us to proceed. So he took that first step of obedience. And then he said, if they say, stay there, we'll stay there. And if they say, come up, then we're going to take it. That's the next open door and we're going to come up. And that'll be a sign that, that God wants to do something in this situation. And that's, that's, that's how God wants us to respond in, in faith that he's able to do incredible things but to just really just take the next step of obedience. And then when, as he opens that door and we take that step of faith and obedience, then he opens up the next door and we take the next step in. And the garrison can come down and God wants it to come down. But it's not because you're such an incredible person. It's because he's an incredible God and he just asks us to step out and take a step of faith and obedience. To, 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 to get up tomorrow morning and, and open up your Bible and spend time with him. Because you know that, that, that the garrison is not going to come down in, in, in one day, in one step. But, but, but what he's called us to do is to take that first step in, in, in faith to what he can and wants to do. And, and I think like in the story of, of Jonathan, and I know in, in, the, in the story of Jonathan and his armor bearers, they took that step of faith and obedience and God opened up a door and they, they climbed up on their hands and knees. And then they started incredibly smiting the Philistines where they were. God can do things like that with people who just have faith. In, in his ability. You know, humanly speaking, there's not, it doesn't make a ton of sense for my wife when I go to the city of Manchester. People in England don't want to hear about Christ, really. It's an expensive, it's, a, it's an absurdly expensive place to live. Works traditionally take a long time there. But, but we're not going over there because we feel like, well, you know what? Despite what other missionaries have done, we've got this thing figured out. No, that's, that's not what it is. But, but it's this, God there's no restraint with him. He's not limited by the circumstances. He's not limited by, by the fact that, that the climate of England or the climate of America or the climate of Philadelphia isn't such that, that people really want to hear about Christ. And what he's called us to do is, is to step out in faith and to obey. Not the, not the, he hasn't called us to go and just take down the whole city of Manchester for him, but he's called us to go. And as we get there, and th this first step of obedience has been clear and we're stepping out in faith and we're going to get there. And as we get there, He's going to open up another door and there'll be people that need to be impacted with the gospel. 
and you know, I, 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 I can't promise you that the, that the whole city is coming down, but I, I do know this, that there's, there's some garrisons there that, that he wants to come down and that he can bring down if we'll just step out in faith and obedience to him. And, 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 and by God's grace, he can even turn the tide of a battle like he did in this situation. If we keep reading, he does incredible things, and, and not because Jonathan takes on the army single-handedly, but, but, but this, this garrison falling becomes, becomes just a linchpin. And as the Philistine army essentially turns on each other, and they start to beat each other down, and, and what was supposed to be a, a humiliating defeat at the hands of the Philistine army turns into a day where Israel rejoiced and, and found victory, even though the king of Israel at this point in time, when it really nothing to do with serving God. This is, this is literally right after Saul's decided that he's going to sacrifice and he's not going to follow and wait on God's command. You know, it, it didn't matter to Jonathan that his, that, the, that his father, the king, had just disobeyed and that, and that the leadership wasn't what it should be. What mattered to Jonathan and what he had his eyes and his focus on is, the fact, is, the, is what he said in verse 6, that there is no restraint with the Lord. And you know, despite the circumstances, God isn't limited. And that he can save by many or by few. He can do incredible things. And garrisons can come down because, because he's a God who isn't limited by our circumstances. And, and, and as we as, as believers, as people, if we'll just keep our focus, on, not on, not on the, the dire circumstances that, that, that our, our life are in or, or, the, or the overall circumstances of our nation or the, the climate and whether or not it seems like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great time to be a Christian, but if we'll just keep our eyes focused on the fact that, that the same God that we serve is the same God that Jonathan served, and that they, there's still nothing holding God back from doing something great. In your life, and then if, as we'll keep that in focus, and then take the next, the first step of obedience that God's called us to do, and, and then after that, as He opens up another door, take another step of faith and obedience. God can, and He wants to do incredible things with your life. And you know, the world might not look at it and say, "Well, that's incredible," and I'm not promising you that you're going to see incredible results, and the, ter- the, the tide of the battle is going to be turned. And next time I come to Philadelphia, most everyone's going to be saved. But what I am saying is this: is that there's nothing holding God back from doing something incredible. He's not restrained. And, and he's, he's looking for people like Jonathan who will just keep their focus on his power and on giving him glory because Jonathan didn't get glory through this battle. God did. And, and if we'll keep our focus on that and just take that next step of obedience and that, that first step of faith and obedience, whether it be committing to, to being more faithful to him to coming to, in coming to church regularly or, or committing to be more faithful to him and opening up your Bible on a daily basis or, or, or seeking counsel or what God's word says on, on restoring a broken relationship. Whatever, whatever garrison it is that's in your life, regardless of the climate, regardless of how desperate it seems, God isn't limited by that. And he, 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 he's willing and he wants to do great things in your life. But, but in order for us to follow and, and, and experience victories, We've got to just be willing to step out in faith and obey what he showed us to do. I don't think when, when Jonathan set his eyes in that garrison that he had any idea that, 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 that God was going to work the miracle that he did in the overall battle. But, but, but he set his eyes on that, on that garrison, and then he set his eyes on who God was, and he moved forward in faith and obedience. And that's what God's called us to do as believers. Whether it takes you across the ocean like it's taking my family and I, or whether it takes you across the street to your neighbor, or, or to, the, to, the, to the cash register next to yours, or, or, or across the house to the, to, the, to the person in your family who, who you feel like you'll never have the right relationship with again. But regardless of what the garrison is, regardless of, of the, the situation, 
God isn't restrained. God isn't limited. And he's able to save by many or by few. And what he's called us to do is what, what Jonathan did, is to step out in faith and obedience with our eyes focused on his power and on bringing him glory. And, 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 and as Jonathan said, he said, it may be that the Lord will work for us. Who, who's to say that God's not going to do something great with your life and that, and, that, and that person that you never thought you'd have a restored relationship with, that, that they might come to Christ? Or, or who's to say that, that as you just take one step of obedience after another, that God's not going to do incredible things with your life and, and, and you'll grow and, you, and you'll become an, an active soul winner? Who, who's to say that that won't happen? Because God isn't limited. But he hasn't called you to take on the Philistine army. He's just called you to... to Set your eyes on, on that garrison, on that obstacle in your life, and then to step out and take a step of faith and obedience. And, and then when you take that first step of faith and obedience, he'll let you know what comes next. Because there's no restraint with God. I mean, he, wants, he wants to save by many or by few. And what we've got to do is keep our eyes set on who he is, not on, not on the fact that, 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 that the circumstances seem good or not for it, or we think this will work out, but the fact that, that he's not limited and then to step out in faith and obedience and take that first step and then to, to just keep taking one step at a time. It's, 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 I didn't want to take too much time this evening, but it's been such an encouragement to my wife and I, even as we, as we prepare to do something that, humanly speaking, seems impossible. God's given us a burden for the, the southwest quarter of Manchester, the, the two churches that we know of, one's in the north, one's in the northeast. And that, the southwest side of the city, I don't know of a good Bible-preaching Baptist church in that part of the city that represents well over a million people. You know, but, but God hasn't called us to, 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 to take down the southwest side of Manchester. What he's called us to do is, is to take a, a step of faith and obedience. And right now it involves us being on deputation. And, and then, Lord willing, soon it'll be us taking a step of, and, and moving over to Manchester. And as God opens doors, he's not limited. He, he can and he wants to do something great. For his name, not because we're incredible. God wants to do that in your life. It, it, he wants to do what, what seems impossible. And he hasn't called you to do something really incredible or impossible. He's just called you to follow him in faith and obedience and to take that first step. And then watch him open doors and then step through that next open door. Let's close in a word of prayer, and then I'll turn it over to Brother Phil. Dear Lord, would you help us to be people like Jonathan and his armor bearer, Lord, who despite whether or not the circumstances seem, seem great or seem good or seem dire, dear Lord, that we'll take our eyes off, off the, the condition of the overall battle and, and set our eyes on your greatness and your desire to, to be glorified in our lives, Lord. Help us not to be distracted or overwhelmed by the, the, the seeming impossibility of the overall task, but to just take that first step of faith and obedience. And what your word so clearly says, Lord, whether it be something regarding a relationship or, or something regarding our walk with you, Lord, or, or there's something regarding a, a person who needs to hear about your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. Help us to just take that step of faith and step of obedience. And Lord, I know that if we'll do that, Lord, that you'll get glory. And, and whether or not we see the entire battle won, dear Lord. Lord, you'll get glory as we step out in faith and obedience. Help us to do that on a daily basis, Lord. Thank you for being a God who's not limited. 
Help us to keep our eyes on the, on the one who isn't limited, dear Lord, and not our own limitations. I ask, and, and, I, and I, I just ask that you do something in our hearts and lives as we go home tonight and mold this message over, dear Lord, and even as we wake up and encounter another day, Lord, help us to keep our eyes focused on who you are, Lord, and not, not the circumstances, Lord, and to step out in faith and obedience to what you've called us to do. In your name I pray, amen. If God has sp spoke to your heart, we come down and pray. Respond to the Lord and let the garrisons belong to the Lord. Amen. Give it over to God. God fights for you. He stands for you. Let God handle the big things in our life. The big things may seem small sometimes, but if it's getting you down, then it's beyond you. It's coming in between you and the Lord. It's beyond you. It could start out small, but it became a big fire in your life. Let God put it out. Whether it has to do with relationship, or, listen, we need all. We all need Jesus Christ in our life to shine bright. And if He's not shining, there's a problem. there's something else shining in your life brighter than Christ, there's a problem. We need help. We need God. Father in heaven, Lord, I pray that you'd, you'd uh, help us, oh God. We need you. We need your help. We need your grace. We need your power. We need your strength. And I pray, Lord, you'll have mercy upon us, Lord, as your people. Lord, lead us and guide us, direct us. Lord, as we even walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Lord, as Jonathan and his armor bearer did, Lord, they didn't fear any evil because they knew you were with them. They seen your rod and your staff. It brought them comfort, Lord, to do the impossible, Lord. And what a great feeling of uh, victory we have when we see the battle won. Lord, and we know it's not of us, but it's of you. But Lord, woe to, to, to us, Lord, who, who never see any victories won in our life, but settle for a loss. And I pray, Lord, as Christians, Lord, we will look to see the victory that's won through Christ in every area of our life, Lord. Let us not settle for less, Lord, but let's settle for Christ, Lord, and what he did on the cross for us and how he overcame all of our sin, Lord, and, and death and gave us the victory. And I pray, Lord, that you would direct and guide us and help us as your people and bless us. Thank you for the Barrett family, Lord. I pray you'd help them, Lord, and strengthen them on their way. Thank you so much for sending them to this church tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, family. Why don't you give them a hand, uh, the Barrett family. I, I believe that God brings people, brings families just to comfort, and uh, th that was an amazing message, and we thank you for that, um, a lot of heart in, in, in that message, and, and great, and that helped me, and man, how many were blessed by that message, great message, great message, Brother Barrett, and a great special also, amazing, amazing special, amazing song, I never heard that song before, so thank you for that, and that's going to comfort me all week, amen, until Sunday, so... God bless you. Amen.
uh, we're going to have a special offering for them tonight. And remember, the Paul, if you go in the back and, and anything put in that plate, uh, we'll go right to the Bear family to help them. And also, uh, don't forget about our work project for Monday, 6 p.m. Change that. All right. And uh, God bless you. Have a great week. And next Wednesday will be our Fellowship Wednesday. So don't forget about that. All right. God bless you.